Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished professional from San Francisco, USA, Rebecca Zaka. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, Rebecca is the founding partner of Next Step Partners, uh, and she's an executive coach. So Rebecca, before we talk coaching and Next Step Partners, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Well, let's see. My own journey, I have a business and finance background, and I went to business school, undergraduate and graduate business school. Hmm. And then after grad school, went into investment banking in New York. And it was a fantastic experience, learned a ton, worked with very senior level clients, made great friends and colleagues, and built a great toolkit. Uh, from there, I fulfilled a lifelong dream and moved to France, Paris specifically, wow. where I then uh, took on a global role at Disney Consumer Products, mm -hmm. running strategic planning for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And it had always been my dream to live and work in France. I'm a born Francophile, no French roots, but mm -hmm. uh, just love it there. And then um, came back to the States and went back to banking, but in a learning and development capacity. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I uh, co-founded Next Step Partners about 21 years ago now. And wow. really, yeah, so it's been a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to say I'm officially unemployable. <laughs> I genuinely love what I do. And mm -hmm. I think it was actually just to sort of um, double click on my Paris experience, what had happened was um, I ended up, I was burnt out after a couple of years in investment banking, a couple of years uh, in this particular role in Paris, which as wonderful as it was, was basically investment banking hours. Mm. And um, uh, so I took a year off and it was the fastest year of my life. I mm -hmm. stayed in Paris and during that time, it wasn't a career move, but I just to subsidize my living expenses, I experimented, I taught English, I helped people with business school applications, I did some uh, presentation skills, coaching for companies uh, in Paris, and then I also did some ad hoc consulting projects. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was that I love supporting other people to succeed. Mm -hmm. That was really a, a big discovery for me. It was a big aha moment. And I remember specifically where I was when I had it. And I also just genuinely love the intersection of business and people. Amazing. And so this was a very natural fit for me in terms of a career. And, and hence, I've been in it for so long uh, because I really love what I do. And, you know, the clues were all around me uh, all along that journey in terms of, you know, even when I was in investment banking, I was first in line when it came to recruiting and training and mentoring mm. others. I love the people side of business. So that's what brought me here. Amazing. And uh, let's now talk of Next Step Partners. Uh, in addition to coaching, are there any other services you uh, provide? Yes. So we work in four key areas. The mm. first is one-on-one -on -one executive coaching with senior leaders. Mm. We also do team development which is working with executive teams, leadership teams, 
functional, cross-functional teams, helping them work more effectively together. Mm-hmm. And then we also do group leadership development programs, which are typically a larger cohort-based program led over mm-hmm. time that may have a coaching component to it. And we also do career transition programs that are sponsored by a company mm-hmm. to support their departing employees, whether it's a reduction in force, a reorganization, or performance issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've often wondered, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from the boomers generation. And I remember when I started working in the early 80s, coaching or mentoring was generally done either by a family elder or by someone senior in the company who took a liking for you. You started Next Step Partners two decades ago. So you obviously discovered coaching much before the rest of the world did. I want to ask you, what has changed in the world of coaching? that today it's become such a formal profession and people are willing to pay for it. Yes, it's really interesting. I would say it existed when I entered the field for sure, but I would say at the time it was typically industrial psychologists. It wasn't as mainstream. You certainly didn't have the tech platforms that there are today that support coaching or the tech providers of coaching. Um, So I would say I was sort of in the first third of coaching's development Mm. in terms of where it is now you see many many more people going into coaching certainly more people than there ever were with business backgrounds like myself going into coaching which i think is fantastic Um, so a lot has changed in terms of uh, the number and types of people going into coaching as a field and also i think training Coach training has evolved also. It was very, I would say, rudimentary when I first started. There were some core programs, and you know, I did one of those and you know, others as well along the mm-hmm. way. But I would say they are more robust and more numerous now. The other thing that is really great to see, and frankly, what excites me most about the work that I do is really applying an adult development lens to leadership development and coaching. And I think not only has this change in the coaching field, but companies and organizations are starting to obviously see the benefits of coaching and how these investments can really pay off, not only in retention, but business results. Interesting. My next question is that given your amazing background from the corporate world, investment banking, running, uh, you know, uh, fast moving consumer goods brands and so on, how has your own background supported your own coaching philosophy, your style and your values? That's a great question. There's a lot in there. (laughs) So I'll address uh, a few parts and tell me if I left anything out. I think my business acumen that I've developed over the years in my prior business experiences has really served me, uh, both in terms of credibility with the client and ability to win business, but also our clients see us as peers. And I'm not alone in this. My other colleagues at Next Step Partners, we all have business and leadership experience from prior careers. And so our colleagues do look at us as peers. We know their world. We understand the language they're speaking. You know, we don't know, have to know the nitty gritty of the content of their jobs mm-hmm. because we're not dealing with that per se. Yeah. But we can have those very senior C-level conversations with them mm-hmm. and 
having worked with C-level executives from my early 20s, I feel very comfortable with that audience. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, and what about some of you? Could you also like to talk a little bit about the values uh, that and how are they coming into your coaching philosophy? Yes. Well, I have individual values. Our firm has values. I think they I think they were shaped along my entire life, not just my business background, but I am personally all about execution and getting things done. That's one of my key strengths. And so I understand that my client, that's important to my clients also. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lens that I bring. But my other values that really, I think, come with my coaching are my values around collaboration, learning, self-management, self-knowledge. So Mm -hmm. self-awareness, that's Mm. huge. And actually it was really, I would say, my very strong value around self-awareness that led me to pursue coaching because helping someone increase their self-awareness is a huge gift Mm. and can really open up a lot of possibilities for them Mm. in terms of seeing what's working, what's not working, and what a path forward might look like. So that was a big just personal motivation for me um, in terms of what I find most fulfilling in my work. Thank you. That's a great response. Uh, My next question to you is, you know, that uh, most of us uh, have people who we look up to, who uh, are some kind of inspiration. My question to you is, how have you as a coach been impacted by some people in your life and how have they influenced you? Wow. Well, I would say there's people I know and there's people I know from afar who I admire from afar. You know, there are leaders in this world like Zelensky in Ukraine and right now the women in Iran who really are standing up for justice yeah. and standing up against bullies. And that's also very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm inspired by them. Sort of that strength and taking a stand uh, is really huge. And people need to do that in the workplace as well. Mm-hmm. But in terms of people I know, I'm inspired by my business partners every day. They demonstrate such incredible leadership qualities like compassion and caring and support. They're just wonderful human beings. And you know, I, I try and emulate them. I learn from them. <laughs> That's why well I said. work with them. I always want to work with people better than me. Mm, well said. My next question to you is that what are some of your own unique perspectives that you bring into a coaching relationship? Great question. Well, I think it is that adult development lens. So just like there are phases of or stages of development in childhood, there are also stages of development in adulthood. And a lot of times we are brought in to coach somebody because they are facing new challenges, whether they have been promoted or trying to get promoted or things are really challenging in the business that are presenting um, new challenges for them. Mm When things get hard, that is where old ways of working are not going to work anymore. Hmm. And a lot of times my clients will say, I had one client say that 
you know, she just kept throwing herself at the brick wall harder and harder and realized that that was not getting her anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so when you find yourself doing that, what's really happening is you are hitting up against the upper stage, uh, excuse me, you're hitting up against the upper limit Mm -hmm. of your current stage of development. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of what I'm doing as a coach is helping them to actually take a step back and examine some limiting beliefs and assumptions that are likely not only holding them back, but having them get in their own way Mm -hmm. and being able to shine a light on those so we can examine them and then debunk them. So really unlearning certain ways of operating and Mm -hmm. thinking so we can learn new ways that will propel you forward. So that's, I think, a, a big thing that I bring to my coaching with my clients. Fabulous. Uh, my next question is on, you know, coaching people who are, you know, across different seniority levels, across different age groups. And today we've got a lot of millennials and Gen Zs who are getting into leadership roles in organizations. And I think they, from my own perspective, they bring an amazing breath of fresh air into every new uh, organization because of their perspectives. My question to you, Rebecca, is what is the difference between coaching these young leaders as compared to some of the older leaders? Well, I think when it comes to millennials, and they are in C-level roles now, um, they bring a really fresh perspective. They are digital natives, Mm -hmm. so they have a, a fluency that perhaps other people don't have. Mm-hmm. I will say that Gen Z, I don't know that I, and I forget what the, the years are for Gen mm-hmm. Z precisely, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they are in the senior level roles yet, such that yeah. we would be working with them. So I don't really have experience so much with Gen mm-hmm. Z. My nephews are Gen Z, okay. <laughs> so I can speak to them. Mm-hmm. But again, just as with with uh, different stages of adult development, it's not necessarily a you know age specific, but there is a relationship to age. And as we acquire more experiences over time with age, we get not only wisdom, we get that leadership maturity and perspective mm-hmm. that can help us take a step back more easily. When we're younger, we tend to do things to please people more. Um, we tend to, uh, when we're younger, say, you know, early 20s or even mid-20s, we tend to go by other people's values and rules of what is right as opposed to going by our own mm. values and what we believe to be right. So there are different sort of drivers going on there. Interesting. My next question to you is on culture. You know, we come or, you know, you you are living in a country which is incredibly diverse culturally. Uh, and I'm sure you work with, you know, clients or coaches from different cultures. Uh, some cultures ask you to speak what about what you've done. Uh, in my country, in India, most Indians will say, let my work speak for itself and so on and so forth. My question to you is, how does culture impact coaching? That's a great question. I would say it certainly does. In particular, one's culture will help form 
how we see the world mm -hmm. and what our belief system is. And those beliefs might be holding us back. So I had a client, for example, who um, is of Southeast Asian heritage mm -hmm. and she grew up learning, you know, keep your head down, keep quiet. And she was in a position where the opposite was required of her. Mm -hmm. And it was not only uncomfortable, but she she was behind a little bit because mm. she hadn't been demonstrating that when it was expected of her. Mm. And so breaking out of that to be successful in a different culture and a different context mm. can be really hard. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, time for two or three more questions. My next question is that how does a client evaluate the coach? Good question. I think the bottom line question they should be asking themselves is, can this person support me in the way I need to be supported? Mm -hmm. So coaching is effectively a balance of challenge and support. Mm -hmm. And that challenge, I like to tell prospective clients, I'm never going to hit you over the head with a two by four, but I will tell you what I see. Mm -hmm. I am direct and supportive. And so when I'm talking, for example, to an HR contact mm. at a company who's telling me about a coaching candidate, mm. it's interesting. They will say, we need a coach who can do this, or we need a strong woman, or we need uh, a coach who's not going to be a pushover, whatever that is. Mm. Um, and it's funny because sometimes, and I've seen this happen a, a few times, sometimes the coach that the individual wants is not the coach that's actually best for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they go with a coach who will be comfortable mm -hmm. because they don't want to push themselves. They don't want to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily in their best interest or the company's best interest. Mm -hmm. So what we're typically doing is giving clients a choice uh, as to their coach and let them talk to a couple of people hmm. and I will make a recommendation to the HR person, but ultimately it's the individual's choice hmm. who they work with because they need to feel like they have a choice and say hmm. in the matter. And you really want a relationship where the individual feels safe and comfortable to open up hmm. and share what's really going on for them, what they're thinking, feeling, because, Otherwise, they're not going to get very much out of it. Correct. Well said. I have time for two more questions. My next question is that what is the process you follow once you decide to work or before you decided to work with, with another leader? And then how do you process in the coaching relationship? Sorry, the uh, just to clarify, the first question is... First question is how do you decide to... How do you decide to select or agree to work with someone? Yes. Great question. First and foremost, they have to be a willing participant. Mm. That It's not going to work if they're being Correct. assigned this. Um, you know, you want somebody who is really engaged, and mm. that's what it boils down to. And engagement, there are different aspects of it. There's just the showing up and doing your homework. Mm. And, you know, these are busy professionals. Things are going to come up. They'll have to cancel from time to time. But when it happens two, three, four times in a row and you haven't met in two months, the power of the coaching starts to unravel a bit. And it's mm. not 
that great. So you want somebody who is going to show up and when they show up that they, like I said, are going to be open. Um, and really, it's really about looking within. So they mm. need to be willing to look within and share with their coach what's going on for them. That is how they will get the most out of it. Mm. Occasionally, you have somebody who's very buttoned up and they're not going to go much below the surface. Mm. Um, those are the folks who I will tell you, A, are not very fun to coach mm. um, because it just becomes an accountability exercise uh, and they're not going to get, they're not going to yeah. grow. They're not mm. going to change. Mm. So that's what we ideally want to screen out. Mm. If they're not willing to make both of those commitments to show up, treat it like any other business commitment and to really um, look within it and do deeper work. Mm, well said. Uh, and my last question to you, Rebecca, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on all your own amazing journey and the number of years you have been a coach, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation? Great question. I would say never stop learning, mm-hmm. ever. There is always more to learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's number one. So, and I'm not talking about you know learning technical skills. That's great, that's important, yeah. but keep learning about yourself. And related to that, the second one would be keep challenging yourself and looking for new experiences because this is what is going to broaden your perspective. Yeah. And third, I would say, let's see, I need to think about this. Third would be um, really, I would you brought up values. I would say, Pay attention to your values because Mm. at the end of the day, values are the key to fulfillment Mm. and every job you choose, you should be screening for that. Mm. How well will this job allow me to express my top values Mm -hmm. and any decision you make on the job should also align with your values. Mm. Um, Any people you choose to have in your life should share your values Mm. you know whenever you look at either job situations that haven't worked out or even personal relationships friendships that haven't Mm. worked out it's typically a values conflict Mm. so really i would say that's a key part of learning about yourself as well very interesting and on that note rebecca and your three wonderful lessons which were never stop learning um, try and learn as much about yourself as possible second you said was keep challenging yourself and keep looking for new experiences And the third one you said was pay attention to your values. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey, about Next Step Partners. Thank you for going into so much depth about coaching and and your own perspectives and how you handle so many different coaches. Thank you for speaking to me again and good luck to you. Thank you so much for having me. Great to meet you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, 
Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.